It's time for JT the Brick. What's up, JT? Gotta get this win. Get this win. Get one win. If anybody in this organization ever talks about losing in that building, they're gone. If I ever go to a game and my team doesn't care and they mail it in, I'm returning my season tickets. I don't care if you lose the game. You're going to lose, but act like you care. JT the Brick. We're trying to help the Raider fans get through these issues that they can't get through. And they just blame me, some of them, because they think, like, I hired the guys. JT's the guy who moved us from Oakland. JT's the guy who brought in Jimmy G. No, I'm not. I'm just a guy on the microphone from noon to two every day. And now, be ready. Here's JT the Brick. Out of the gate, JT with you. We're live from the Palms Resort and Casino, where I have a deep history with this building. We're live from the sports book, and we are brought to you today by Remy Quantro. We are thrilled. We have the Remy girls here. They have Quantro and Tequila. And do you know the original margarita? I'm talking the original margarita 75 years ago created with Quantro 1948. So it's a simple recipe tequila, Quantro, fresh lime, and a salted rim. I will be having a few of those today. I might even break the, the code, Mateo. I might do it on the air because I usually have a bucket of Modellos, but I'm going to support our proud partner, Remy Quantro, today. And uh, I'm going to sip a few of those throughout the show. And if you haven't been to the Palms, they redid this glorious sports book. And there's a couch area. There's some friends who are here. We'd like to get more people down here. So come on down. If you're in your car, you're driving anywhere in the valley, come down and see us. Right in the sports book at the Palms. If you're coming through the main valet, you go right. If you're coming through the parking lot, it's right there when you walk in. And it's cool to be here again. Uh, when they opened up this place initially, I opened it. I did radio from here for the Maloofs back in the day. Now the new ownership is here, very gracious to us, along with partnering with Remy Martin. And how's everybody Cinco de Mayo going? Cinco de Drinco. Normally, when I broadcast on Cinco de Mayo, there is a big fight in town. A massive fight. Oscar de la Hoya. Canelo. You know, there's usually a Mexican fighter fighting at a sold-out arena here. But boxing has failed so miserably in trying to promote fights. They can't even get fighters who want to fight each other to fight each other anymore because the promoters can't get deals done. So I cannot believe I'm not going to a fight tonight. Or tomorrow night, obviously, on Saturday but Saturday night, we have the Golden Knights here in town. So here's the show over the next couple of uh, hours. We're going to be here from noon to 2. What we want to do is jump in. We want to celebrate Cinco de Mayo. If you have a sports tradition on Cinco de Mayo, if you have something that you do on Cinco de Mayo sports-related, let it fly at 702-365-9200. If you'd like to recap the Raiders draft, jump on in and do that as we had the exclusive and the big exclusive, which was great with Dave Ziegler early in the week, and that got a big download, and a lot of people were talking about it, and we're excited to play some of that and get going. So if you're a Raider fan, I got some good news and some bad news for you. So what would you rather have first, the good news? Okay, I got good news for the Raider Nation. You're going to make some money about what I'm about to tell you. The bad news is it's disrespectful to the Raiders. So what I mean by that is I am at the sports book here, the William Hill sports book, and I walked up and I grabbed this sheet of paper. And this is the 2023-2024 NFL regular season win total. Now, as you know, I'm not a gambler. I don't bet, but I encourage everybody else to bet. Gambling's good for sports. The problem is there's not many people on the radio 
who make enough money to bet, let alone give you advice on gambling. So we're in the Wild West now when they don't have a lot. not a lot of people when you got a former board op, and I love the board ops, they're the best in the world, they're more important than me. When they start hosting shows on weekends, they're not betting more than 5 bucks or 10 bucks a game, and they're giving you advice. So here's the bad news. The Raiders' season win total is 7.5. Now the last I looked, you can't get into the playoffs winning seven or eight games. So this is what William Hill Sportsbook, our proud partner, believes is where the Raiders' value is at. It is at here at seven and a half. The good news is you're all going to take the over and make some money because I'm telling you, I know this team. I know what they did. I have an idea of what they're doing, and I think they're going to win more than eight games. I do, and if I'm wrong, you know where to find me. I don't hide from anybody. But as we open up the show here, they have the Raider win total at 7.5. That's a good radio show on its own. I'm going to open up the phones on that. If you're betting today and you can bet today and come down here and see us, would you take the over on the silver and black or would you take the under? Now, we're the flagship of the Raiders. This could open up a floodgate of calls. I don't know what they're going to sound like. Do you agree with me that 7.5 is not a fair number? I think the Raiders... You know, you got to put a half there because you want people to bet over or under. Yeah, that's why it's not at 7. That's why it's not at 8. And I look around, and whenever this comes out, and this has been out for a while, but whenever I see it, I immediately go to the Denver Broncos because how wrong have they been on Denver the last couple of years? I mean, Denver's a train wreck. Denver's an embarrassment. They brought in Russell Wilson. They could barely compete. They have the Denver Broncos at 8.5. They have the Denver Broncos better than the Raiders. The Raiders have fired. The Las Vegas Raiders have fired the last two Denver coaches. Nathaniel Hackett fired because he couldn't beat the Raiders, and Vic Fangio fired because he couldn't beat the Raiders. Those gentlemen didn't get fired any other reason. I have people also inside the Denver Broncos. They hate the Raiders so much. When they lose to the Raiders, it's multiplied by 10. So they look at the coaches when they fire them and go, hey, man, You can't beat the Raiders. We hate the Raiders. You know, you're not going to beat Kansas City. We can live with that. You know, you split with the Chargers. We can live with that. But you you lost to the Raiders five out of the last six, six in a row. Wait a second. You're fired. And they have the Denver Broncos at eight and a half over the silver and black, which is incredible to me. You want some other teams? This is fresh. Man, this was just printed. These are the current odds by William Hill today. They got the Steelers at eight and a half. The Steelers better than the Raiders? They beat them on Christmas Eve, the Franco Harris game. But I don't think they're better than the Raiders. They have the Eagles at 10.5. I'm fine with that. They have the Giants better than the Raiders with Daniel Jones at 8.5. They have the Panthers even with the Raiders at 7.5. Aren't the Raiders better than the Panthers? I think they are. And I'm looking at some of the other teams. The Falcons are 7.5. So as I go through this list, you know, the Colts are 6.5. The Jaguars are 10. The season total. Weren't we beating the Jaguars by a whole hell of a lot, Mateo? Weren't we crushing them? We were crushing them. And they got the, they got the Jaguars at 10, and they got the silver and black at 7.5. I need to know right now how you're betting this number. Come down, and I'll buy you a margarita as your place to bet. Your other favorite radio host doing that for you? So what do you think about the Raiders? I wasn't doing this today. I swear I wasn't doing this today. I'm doing this remote for Remy Martin. I came in here. I am offended. I am offended that they have the silver and black at 7.5. Plus 120, minus 140 
for the Rams. I'm looking at the Raiders. It's 7.5 plus 120 minus 140. I think the Raiders are better than 7.5. Do I think the Raiders can win 10 games? Yeah, if they don't blow five games with second-half leads in the second half, I think they could get that done. But overall, I'm offended by this. And, again, I'm not a gambler. And gamblers, I don't think, get get offended. Gamblers are basically just looking. When you see a gambler, a gambler is just looking overall for value. So if you think that's value there or not, let me know at 702-365-9200. Seven and a half. Wow. Very interesting. So we'll see what happens. Uh, Warriors destroyed the Lakers last night. They absolutely just destroyed them. It's the same topic we've been talking about for a while here. Uh, we'll get to this Clay Thompson deep three that he hit, which Clay got going, Steph got going, Draymond played well. This is from the Warriors broadcast last night. Here's Clay. Thompson curls off a loony screen. The jumper, it's up. It's good for Clay Thompson. He's got 28. Yeah, so he had a big game. Uh, Clay came out and had a really big game, and that was important because if they were able to go out there and, and slow down Anthony Davis, which they were able to do, that was going to give him an opportunity to come out and win the game. So I don't know what else to tell you on this. A final call when we look at this game, Warriors, no problem. I mean, the Lakers started the bus in the third quarter and absolutely just mailed it in. This is a big Warriors win to tie the series. Down to three seconds, two seconds, and this series is tied. One game apiece, and the Warriors head to L.A., Final score, Warriors 127, and the L.A. Lakers 100. Yeah, so that's Tim Roy on the call, friend of the show, as we open it up. So that's where we stand on all of this. Uh, The Warriors, after the game, Draymond Green, the Warriors moved the ball better than any team. They passed the ball much better than the Lakers. I mean, the Lakers are a mess. Anthony Davis can score. He took the game off. But they don't pass accordingly. They don't pass accordingly the way that they're supposed to. And the Warriors are able to do that. Here's Draymond Green. We play with more force. Uh, we play with more force on both sides of the ball. Uh, the ball didn't stick. And we, we moved the ball and got everybody involved in the offense, and that was, that was big for us. You know, when we're moving the ball like that, everybody's involved. It makes us a lot tougher to guard. So that's Draymond, and he's really, I think, Draymond Green. For all the detractors, I have a couple of friends who think he's a bum, and I'm like, a bum? The guy passes, he rebounds, he's an intimidator, he blocks shots, he does everything. You know the fair criticism, this is always a show topic. This is the perfect example in sports. If you take Draymond Green off the Warriors, just remove him, put him in New Orleans, put him in Charlotte, put him in Brooklyn, who is he? Who is he? Is he a good player? Is he below average? Is he average? No, I think he's a good player. He's Draymond Green, he's got four rings. But... If you let that sink in for a second. If you take Damian Lillard out of Portland and put him at Golden State and put Draymond in Portland, Draymond doesn't have one bleeping ring. He doesn't sniff an NBA Finals. But he's on the Warriors, and he has a role on the Warriors. He's an intimidating force, and that's pretty important there. That's very important for what the Warriors are trying to do. Now, here's Anthony Davis, who I can do another two-hour radio show on because Anthony Davis – in my mind, took the game off. Here he is. All the same shots I took in game one. You know, just missed them. Uh, we'll be better. Um, I'll be better. You know, making those shots. You know, get back home on the home floor, on the home floor, and uh, try to take care of business. So he had no intention of coming out and playing hard in this game. And the problem with the NBA, I think everybody agrees with this. With the NBA, if you win game one on the road, 
you don't even show up for game two. Like, you just get the split. You're like, okay, we split. It's not like that in hockey. You know, if Edmonton would have won this first game, they would have tried to destroy the Golden Knights in game two. Hockey players are different. In the NBA, what a garbage product. What a trash product when a team gets beat. How were the Lakers good enough to beat the Warriors in the first game, and then they get boat raced and they quit in the third quarter? What the hell's going on with this product? I grew up with Michael Jordan, Patrick Ewing, Bill Lambeer, Larry Bird, Magic. They, they went for your throat every game here in the NBA. Oh, we're good. You're good. Yeah, we're good. AD, you good? Yeah, LeBron, we're good. We won the first game. Warm up the bus. Let's get that short flight from SFO down to L.A. We're good. We'll, we'll get him at home. And that's what happened there last night. I am thrilled for the Golden Knights on Saturday night. I am coming in hot. I am ready to roll. There's an opportunity in this town on Saturday. You got the Kentucky Derby going into the Golden Knights, and you got NBA playoffs here. We've been getting a few Golden Knight calls as I try to reposition this broadcast at this time where there's no other radio show in the entire valley in the whole state of Nevada talking Golden Knights other than moi. That would be me as I have a Remy Quattro shot of tequila here in front of me that I'm waiting for a break. So as I say all this, where are the Golden Knight fans here and an opportunity to put down Edmonton? Okay, Dreisaitl is an unbelievable player. Connor McDavid's the best player in the world. But they can't play the whole game. They don't play every shift. When they go to the bench, we need people to step up and, and score goals because if Connor McDavid comes off the bench on a shift and scores, we're good. If we get a Wild Bill goal or a Marciso goal or a Theodore goal, doesn't matter. Just make sure Dreisaitl doesn't sit right there on the window and put a desk and chair there and start peppering shots. That can't happen. That can't happen on any level. So I am excited about this game. If you're a VGK fan, let's hear from you on how important this game is coming up and what this game means. You know, Bobby loaded some sound for me to play to get to in the monologue here. We're supposed to get a golden night over the phone here. Uh, coming up at the bottom of the hour, I'm waiting on who that's going to be, so stick around for that. Other important topics as we continue on here when we're ready to go. I just want to tell you this, other critical point here in Las Vegas going forward with the Raiders. Okay, the Raiders host the Super Bowl this year. When I sat down with Dave Ziegler, we talked at depth about these new rotational players that they have in. Okay, now, this is not coming from Dave Ziegler. This is coming from myself. I am not used to rotational players. I'm not. I'm used to Lawrence Taylor and Howie Long and Ronnie Lott and Earl Campbell. I, I don't like rotational players. So, so the Raiders currently, as I mock up their roster, have five running backs. They have a fullback and four other running backs. Last year, Josh Jacobs pretty much told everybody, you're not playing. I'm the king. I'm not coming off the field. I love that. I love that. He basically told Zamir White and everybody else, show up at practice. You're, you're my teammate. Go and play. Go, go play and practice. Do whatever you want. I am going to get every carry. I'm going to lead the league in rushing. Can we get that one more year out of Josh? Can we get one more year out of that? Maybe two? I'm not getting involved in his money. I've never gotten involved with anybody's money in my 24 years with the Raiders. I don't care what you make. I hope you make more. But I'm not here to get in the way of the GM, the owner, and the coach on the money. But if Josh Jacobs can come back and get 1,500 yards or more, the Raiders will probably have the leading rusher again on a groomed offensive line, which everybody admits is getting better, not worse. They added some pieces to that, including an undrafted free agent who's special. And maybe the Raiders can run the ball and work play action with Jimmy G to mayor the tight end, Devontae, Jacoby Myers, Hunter Renfro. 
I wish Hunter was here. I'd buy him a Remy margarita. If Hunter Refro walked in right now, I'd get him whatever he wants. He's still here. So Raider Nation, unite, as I like to say. Come on down to the Palm Sportsbook. The screens are amazing. I don't know how much money they dumped into this place, but it's really nice. The old sportsbook had this cluttered, like, red cubby holes, and now this is spread out, and it's couches and chairs. Got a beautiful staff here, and they're pouring. And they're pouring for you on Cinco de Drinco, Cinco de Mayo here as we open up the show. Chris in West Oakland, my leadoff and cleanup hitter. Cleanup hitter, Chris, I have a feeling you have a few cervezas inside you already. Go ahead. Yes, you, you would be right there. It's actually a few Bloody Marys to start today. It's great when your buddy owns a bar that retired with you and uh, you've got a free place to drink uh, five minutes from your home. So, yes, I'm already having a good day. Hey, real quick, before I hit the Warriors, I want to say this about the Raiders and Josh Jacobs. I don't want to see Josh Jacobs run for fifteen or 1,600 yards, JT, and lead the league. I want to see him run for eleven or 1,200 yards, stay, stay healthy for 16 games, and it's more important that Jimmy Garoppolo throws for between 4,000 and probably 4,600, 4,700 yards. That's how you win nowadays. Jonathan Taylor, Dalvin Cook, Derrick Henry, you look at your bell cow, your running backs that are just studs that, that rush for 16, 17, 1,800 yards. Their teams aren't very good usually. I think the way to success this year, get a solid season out of Josh Jacobs, 11, 12, 1,300. But Jimmy G has to pick up because if we're going to get the most out of the new tight end, Devontae Adams, and this passing game, he has to throw for over 4,000 yards. That, to me, is much more important than Josh Jacobs leading the league in rushing. Now let me segue over into the Warriors. Look, I texted you the other day. I'm not a Johnny-come-lately. I said Warriors in six, and I'm sticking with that. I'm not totally shocked they came in and won game one. I think the Warriors were exhausted from that seven-game series with the Kings, and they had the quick turnaround. Anthony Davis played out of his mind. In order for the Lakers to beat the Warriors, I believe Anthony Davis has to do close to what he did in game one, 30-20. and 20. Be absolutely unstoppable and unguardable. And as good as he was in game one, it was still a tie game, JT, with a minute to go. The Warriors made a great adjustment last night. Starting to Michael Green, whether it was because Looney was hurt or not, I don't know the fact. Now, now Anthony Davis has to come out. He can't just park in the basket. The Warriors have open passing lanes and open driving lanes. They kept the free throw discrepancy close last night, and they out-rebounded the Lakers by 15. Part of the reason for that, because Anthony Davis can't stay two feet from the basket when he's guarding Jermichael Green or if the Warriors go to Kaminga or a smaller version. And here's the key. I believe Davis has another game like that in him. I don't believe Anthony Davis has three games in him that he'll be good enough to carry this team for victory. The Lakers looked older and tired last night, especially in the second half. The Warriors picked up the pace. I believe they're going to run this team into the ground, and by the time we get to game five or six, the Lakers are going to be running on fumes. Warriors in six, you're going to see more Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, and Andrew Wiggins. And I don't know that the Warriors are going to beat Denver, who I fully expect to dispatch Phoenix in in four or five games. I'm not quite ready to say they can beat Denver because of the size, but I fully expect the Warriors to take out the Lakers. Hold on, Chris. How do you get through half this call, let alone the whole call, without mentioning the king, LeBron James? What do you think? You think you're going to get away? Oh, Anthony Davis might do this or that, Clay this. Like, you didn't mention the king? Maybe the greatest player of all. You don't think he's got two or three games with 35 or or 18 rebounds? What do you you think he's going to do? Just roll out a carpet for you in L.A.? JT, you're not paying attention to the playoffs. He hasn't done that yet this year. Look at him last night. He had 21 points in the first half, 
three in the second. I'm not disputing the greatness of King James. He's going to do what he does. But the key to this series is Anthony Davis has to be the best player on the floor like he was game one. LeBron had 21 in the first half, JT, yesterday. He had two in the second half. I'm not disputing how great LeBron James is. But LeBron James has to chase Warrior guys around the perimeter. He's 38 now. He is great. But in order for the Warriors or the Lakers to win this series, Anthony Davis has to be the most dominant player on the court, not LeBron James. And I don't know if he can do that three more times. So I'm sticking with the Warriors in six, and we'll see how it plays out. But anyway, thanks for my call. I got a cold uh, Bloody Mary waiting for me. Actually, it's afternoon now, JT. <laughs> I think I can switch to clown in seven. Thank you, my brother. Talk Take to you care, later. Buddy. I hope everybody drives responsibly as we are live from the Palms Resort Sportsbook, and we are brought to you by Remy Quantro at the William Hill Sportsbook. They are a proud partner of ours. Remy, when you look at the history of Cinco de Mayo, 75 years ago in 1948, the Remy Cointreau Margarita. Are you kidding me? They said, come on down. This used to be my home field advantage here at the Palms back in the day, man. Oh, when this place got going with the ghost bar and rain, original key, a keepsake of ours to the Playboy Club, original member of the Playboy Club up top. It was fine. Wife was there every day with me, but it was Oh, my God. You'd get off the elevator at the Playboy Club and to see what was going on up there. There's a rebrand of the Palms. Come on down and see that. I know uh, Mikey in Staten, Italy. Mikey, you were here at the Ghost Bar. I remember uh, last week, and I just missed you. What's happening? Hey, JT. Yeah, I tell you, it brought back such memories. Uh, that's where I met the great J.O.D. at the Nine Steakhouse at the Palm. And then the Playboy Club and the Ghost Bar. Let me tell you, JT, it was still... The nicest view on the strip. The outdoor drinking with a bu- with a band playing. I had a great time there. Hey, JT, there's two things I want to talk to you about. You're, you haven't really, you touched on it a little before. The undrafted free agents that the Raiders signed. Well, you know, I'm a gambler. I'm going to be betting because exactly what you just said, there's going to be competition at every position. That they are going to be flying to make the team, make the, make the rotation. They signed two offensive linemen, and I think one of them is going to be a starting right tackle, the, the kid from Arkansas. So I think that this leadership did an unbelievable job, not only with the draft, with the unsigned free agents. JT, I want to go over one more thing with you. The home schedule, we don't know when their home games are going to be, but, man, Raider Nation better stand up because you got teams coming into your stadium this year that travel unbelievable. You have the regular three. You have Denver, Kansas City, and the Chargers. They travel unbelievable. Now you have the Packers, the Vikings, the Patriots, the Giants, the Jets, and the Steelers. JT, you're going to see green with the Jets. You're going to see black and yellow with the Steelers. And you're going to see your your G-men travel unbelievable. How are we going to defend the fortress? Take care, Michael. They'll defend the fortress again. I do not stop people from coming to Vegas. I encourage people coming to Vegas. Hold on to your tickets. Do what you want to do as we open up the show. Mikey mentioned a a really big topic that's brewing inside the Raider building. They got Dalton Wagner, the offensive tackle from Arkansas. I have no idea how he didn't get drafted. And the Raiders got him. And that's a big pull. They also got, um, who's the other? McClendon Curtis from Chattanooga who's supposed to be a beast. So, again, Drake Thomas, the linebacker from NC State. Everybody knows Adam Plant Jr. here. He'll compete on the edge here from UNLV, but 
I can't wait to see Dalton Wagner and what's going to happen with him. I, I'm just hearing great things. Obviously, I don't know him well. I got to meet him. Got to see what he looks like. See what happens in OTAs and minicamp. But uh, really, they might have found a diamond in the rough with the two offensive linemen. Big Al in San Francisco. He was up there for both games, right there on the broadcast team. Big Al, what changed in game one from game two? Seems like everybody's saying Anthony Davis didn't show up. There's got to be more to that. Well, in, the, in game one, the Lakers had ten blocks, and Anthony Davis was dominant, and he redefined dominant. He was really that good. In game two, the Warriors were able to pull him away from the basket. So defensively, he was not nearly as dominant, and the Lakers only had three blocks. So the Warriors were able to get get off shots basically at will, and the ball and the Warriors were therefore because they weren't intimidated going to the basket, the ball was able to move better. The Warriors outscored them in the paint, and that's because they didn't have the uh, Anthony Davis um, block factor or deferring the shots factor. Davis, you know, Davis played very very well. He was great. He was Hall of Fame in the first game. He wasn't as good in the second game. He only had 11 points uh, last night. That, to me, was the, ma- the major difference. In the first game, the Lakers went to the line 29 times. Warriors only six. This game, uh, it was six, uh, Lakers won 17, and the Warriors won 16. It was, it was, the playoffs are interesting. And Tom Tobert, who's our analyst, said it so perfectly. Um, Every game is mutually exclusive. You don't carry momentum from one game to another. And the adjustments and so forth that, co- that coaches make, um, it, doesn't, it means that the, that the game that, like game two is now in the past. You can't redo game two. And therefore, whatever happens in game three is based upon the adjustments made from game one and two, but the results are mutually exclusive. Uh, the, the Lakers, in my mind, played the very best game they could possibly have played in game one and won by well, five points, game two, or seven points. That no, was five points. Game two, the Warriors came out and just cha- they made their adjustment. They, pulled, they were able to pull away from the basket somewhat, open up the passing lanes, minimize the Laker defense. And in the middle two quarters, the Warriors outscored them 84-47. I mean, think about that, 84-47. Right, the game was over. Yeah. Thanks, Big Al. Appreciate it. And look, the Warriors, to me, when the Warriors are playing great basketball, not good basketball, I mean great basketball, and they're passing the ball and making the extra pass with these Hall of Famers that they have, the level of the Hall of Famers and their dynasty team that they had in the past, they're close to unbeatable. The only thing I think you can do is you got to get out and run with them. They want to run. you got to get out and defend the perimeter. And you got to hope that Curry and Clay miss threes. If they make threes, I talk to my dad every day. He's 84 years old, going to be 85 next week. He's going to be out here. He said, if they hit their shots, you can't beat them. I'm like, you're right. My dad grew up with the Knicks of the 70s. The only other team I recall that passed the ball better, the legendary Knicks teams of the 70s, the Busher, Willis Reed, Walt Frazier, Earl Monroe. They made four passes before anybody took a shot. Everybody was wide open. The Warriors are that modern version, plus they knock down threes. You've got to defend the three-point line on the Warriors. You've got to get physical with Steph. You've got to knock his ass to the ground. You've got to make him pay. If you don't do that and you just let them set their feet and make threes, these are baby shots for them. Threes are nothing for them. They're jump shots. You've got to get the ball out of Steph Curry's hands, and you've got to hope that Clay misses. That's the monologue brought to you by PTs. They fuel the monologue. Best happy hour in town, 5 to 7, also midnight to 2 a.m. It's Friday here. 
We always have good programming, and we believe on a Friday I'm supposed to have a Golden Knight player coming up here in a little bit. We'll see what happens there. Or maybe even a better guest, Gary Lawless, I think we could get, which would be fantastic. Stick around. We're live from the Palms. White Cloud's pass attempt blocked by Nugent Hopkins. White Cloud again. Out high. A wrist shot. Score! Tipped in front. Barbashev, second of the day. Knights back in the lead. Four, three Golden Knights. Two and a half minutes into the third. That is Dan Duva on the call. We are live from the Palms Resort Casino inside the Sportsbook. The William Hill Sportsbook. Uh, the Quantro ladies are out here. And you can win a trip to the Super Bowl if you kind of click on one of their apps they have here on one of their posters. They're telling me about this. I'm learning about the history of the Margarita. Margarita Sames was an American socialite. She hosted notorious lavish parties in Acapulco. Check this out, Mateo. Over the years, Margarita would serve her cocktails to her guest as the drink, which then changed to the Margarita by her husband. And it's stuck ever since. 75 years, the Margarita. Come on out here. Uh, Remy Quantro, we appreciate them and everything they do for us. We've got an open line if you want to get through. we got a couple of guests that we're going to mix in from time to time, and we'll get them in here. Kelvin, I want to get you up in San Francisco. Thanks for waiting. Go ahead. Hey, JT. Uh, start with the uh, over-under. I'm all about the over. Um, try not to be a homer. Uh, mm -hmm. Setting aside if it was my actual money, I'm shocked that it's only seven and a half. If I would have set the line, I would have guessed eight and a half, maybe eight. Um, I think that's a no-brainer. Um, also, really excited. Just want to throw out there, really excited to head to a pro, and try and go to pro preseason games this upcoming year. Um, excited to check out uh, uh, the, the quarterback we drafted. Want to see him uh, yep. do well in the preseason. See what the future is. For him, I, I think going to the preseason games is almost uh, just as fun as the regular season games. We get to see those guys fight for a job. Um, going off of your question, uh, yesterday's episode, didn't get a chance to call in. Mm -hmm. But uh, I think it's a good problem to have. But I think Chandler Jones is going to be uh, fighting for his job. I think Tyree Wilson is going to be an absolute playmaker. I see him getting a ton of snaps. I know we're kind of on the topic of uh, rotational players. But if he gets can get out there and dominate, hopefully he gets a ton of reps. Um, keep up the good work. Love the show. Thank you very much. You know, a couple of things I want to address on there. Again, I'm not a gambler. Last year, a lot of people took the under in the Raiders because the Raiders won games down the stretch four in a row to get into the playoffs, and they got breaks. I'm happy they made the playoffs. The Raiders had a big drought in the playoffs, and I got a, I got a chance to work a playoff broadcast, which was fantastic for me, and I want to see more. And I understand why they took the under. I understand why they took the under at that time because they weren't going to do that. Now I understand why people want to take the over, because they're not going to have those amount of losses. They shouldn't have those type of losses with five losses on the back end, in my opinion. I hope they don't, where they have five double-digit leads and they lose. So I understand why that number is suppressed at 7.5. But for Raider fans trying to figure out and try to guess on what's going to happen here, you don't know how these games are going to play out. Hopefully the Raiders are leading in these games and they don't blow the lead. If they're not able to blow leads and they finish games because they have a better quarterback and a quarterback who's going to be unbelievable when it comes to red zone and all of that, that's going to be the difference here. And for those who think that's a knock-on car, 
well, Derek's got to take some of the heat for those losses because they weren't able to move the ball. They weren't able to, you know, sustain drives, which really cost them games. And then the defense clearly had a problem. So with the defensive problem, along with Derek, I don't think at the level uh, as a red zone quarterback as Jimmy Garoppolo, that's what happens. And then I was very critical of the play calling at times. I don't think that the Raiders attacked enough. I think when they had leads, especially in Los Angeles, up 16-3 to in some of these other games, they didn't put them away. So Gary Lawless, kind enough to join us. What a thrill to have him on as the Vegas Golden Knights are up one nothing. And, and Gary, as we begin, thanks so much for doing this on Cinco de Mayo, my friend. I think we come from similar heritages. I've never been a big Cinco de Mayo guy, but I got a remote today at the Palms, and I hope you're doing well. How are you? I love the Cinco de Mayo. I've actually nice. had a couple of Cinco de Mayo parties, and the best one we ever had, Jesus Lopez, the Spanish oh, voice best. of the Vegas Golden Knights, showed up and uh, took over some of the cooking and some of the bartending and gave us some real authentic uh, Mexican specialties. We had to collect the car keys. Like the one cocktail <laughs> he was mixing up for us was uh, very powerful, mucho powerful. You know, I think that's the problem with me and tequila. Now a lot of guys are drinking tequila. It's trendy again, and we're, we're with Quantro here today that – Tequila can jump on you pretty quick if you're not used to it, right? You can get if you're not keeping an eye on the amount of tequila or how it's being mixed. It's one of those cocktails that can jump on you, right? You know how many country songs <laughs> when you said the trouble with me and tequila, like that's like that's the lyric in around nine songs. <laughs> Gary Lawless joins us. I listened to part of the broadcast because I was watching it at Red Rock and it was incredible. And then I was listening on the post game, and you made an interesting point on. Dreisaitl's goals, if one puck is cleared better by Stone, and then there was another goal, obviously the Petrangelo penalty, two out of his four goals could have been eliminated, but that was one of the great games I've ever seen a sniper play. Rate that game in all the games you called and his performance in the loss. Yeah, he had four goals on five shots at one point, right? So near, near perfect from that perspective. Hey, anytime he got a chance, he buried it. He was uh, he was tremendous. The, the fact that the team lost, you know, really takes a lot of the. Uh, like I'll tell you what, Joe Pavelski he had one last night and got the win. He had four the night before and got the loss. You ask little Joe which one he'd rather have. He's gonna take uh, he's gonna take the victory, right? So um, the 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 four in for Drysital, much like Ray Ferraro had four in a loss one time in a playoff game. I think there's four guys that have had Pavelski, who we just mentioned, Dreisaitl, and Ferraro, and somebody else, and it escapes my mind. But they're not, they're not memorable games because they come in losses. So my answer to you is uh, it, it, it's a good game, sure. It's not a great game because you didn't get the W. Gary Lawless joins us, part of the Vegas Golden Knight broadcast team on multiple platforms. So when you look at him sitting on the doorstep on the left there compared to Ovechkin on the right, What's the difference between them both there? Because Ovechkin, we know that from losing the Cup to Washington and his brilliant career, and the difference between Dreisaitl along with McDavid getting him the puck. Do you play the body more than the puck? How do you try to slow him down in the series? Well, if he, first of all, Ovechkin doesn't move. Ovechkin goes to that spot and just stands there, mm-hmm. and everybody moves around him, and they and he's still, he's still able to do it. Dreisaitl moves. If, if it's not there for him, He'll 
you know, they, on one of the goals the other night, he went all the way around the horn and came right back to his spot. And all of that movement was based on he was trying to get lost. He was trying to shake. Uh, you know, it, it's done by zone. So he's going from one zone to the next, hoping that someone will let him into their zone and forget about him. And uh, it eventually, it eventually worked for him. So he's different than Ovechkin. And I said this to, maybe I said it to Dan. I wonder if Dreisaitl isn't better constructed for playoff hockey than McDavid because of the physical aspect of his game. He'll hit you. He, he, he will take a hit to make a play. He's just a little bit different than McDavid in that, uh, in that perspective. Now, the other factor right now is it looks like Settle is completely healthy. Mm-hmm. He wasn't last year, and he was still tremendous last year, dragging one of his legs around behind him all night. I wonder if McDavid's healthy right now. He's not as – well, I don't notice this, but the writers from Edmonton and the broadcasters from Edmonton have all been saying he's not as explosive as he right. normally is. So um, if that's the case, uh, that's obviously something to keep an eye on as we move forward. But you asked me about dry cycles. Uh, right now, he's the best offensive player going in hockey at this moment. He's, uh, he's something else. Gary Lawless, as we wrap it up. So I was just saying before you came on, the NBA is such a joke because if you steal a game on the road, you don't even show up for game two. We just saw that with the Lakers. They were checked out. They had the bus going in the third quarter. They were getting blown out by 30. Same team that won game one. They want the split, and they take the split. It's different in hockey. So the Golden Knights are up one nothing. They have home ice. They have game seven here if they need it. And the fact that Cassidy's a pro and had them ready with their legs with some time off to play explosive, and they trail one nothing, and they get that second goal, and then they start going up 3-1. They just keep laying it on. What do you expect from their cardio, their legs here, with the extra time off, not playing tonight and playing on Saturday? Yeah, it's interesting. I think this extra day is a benefit to the Golden Knights and a detriment to... The Oilers, when you play when you play a game and you lose, you want to play that team right away again. And game the game one is part of game two. It has a fa- it has an effect on game two. With this extra day, game one has nothing to do with game two. Game two becomes a standalone game, and it is all about who preps better for game two, et cetera, et cetera. There's no like the momentum or the the emotion, uh, the revenge, all of that what would be involved in, in game two if it was a one-day one lay, layoff instead of a two-day, it all disappears. And this becomes a standalone game. And that's uh, that, to me, will be fascinating. And for the Golden Knights, like, like don't worry about uh, having just one one at home. You, know, you got a chance to go up 2 nothing and put the Oilers in a, in a spot where they got to beat you in four of the next five. You try and get that win. Wrapping it up with Gary Lawless again. A really valuable time for him, especially during the postseason here. So here's hey, the big thing. Don't rush me. If you yeah. got to go, get rid of me. But I don't no, know. no, I, I could talk to you forever. What I love, I, you know me, I love the fans. And the last game I was in the press box, a rare JT sighting because I like to throw the jersey down and get down there in the Bud Light Lounge. But 
I'm going to the Jack Daniels Lounge. Wink, wink. I got to tell you this. I was behind. I was in front of you. I had you behind me on the broadcast. It was great to have you in stereo. When you're able to do that in the regular season and slide over to television with Lawless in order, then come back, where is your break during the game, man? Do you have one? or I see you move. You got to go from one set to the other. Does that invigorate you and get you excited during a broadcast? I could do a Depends commercial. Like, when, when, when do I get to go pee? There's no I, time. I know. That's what I'm asking. You know, I don't, I don't want to get specific. <laughs> I wasn't expecting that depends. But I love the fact that you shared that. Hey, I'm hearing Edmonton fans are coming in because they had an extra day to get the flight, get the hotel. I, I know I travel a lot. You do. You travel, uh, travel with the team. It's still expensive for Edmonton fans in under a week's notice to get a hotel room to get tickets to the game. I don't know how the hell they're getting tickets. It's sold out. Secondary market. And I'm expecting a big Edmonton push of fans outside our arena. Is that fair to say? I think there'll be lots of them outside, fewer inside. I think that, you know, the Golden Knights fans have done a pretty good job of keeping, like, at, at some point in time, it's out of our control, right? We sell the tickets. And if you have a ticket and you decide that rather than go and cheer your team on, you'd like to, you know, put some put some some cash in your pocket that's all that's your alternative right there's not much we can do about that but you know you know people here really love their team and they they love going to the games it's so it's they're reluctant to part with the tickets you know what everybody has a different perspective on this i don't mind a little bit of the opposing crowd in the building i think it gives i think it gives i think it gives it a little juice that you, that, you know, if they start making some noise, then our fans try and drown them out, and, and on and on. And I, I, I think it's, uh, I think it adds a little element to the to the show, which yeah. uh, is, I'm all for that. I like the entertainment. I do too, man. You have one of the best jobs in sports. You take it seriously. You always have your A game, and. I look forward to seeing you Saturday. Getting out of this two nothing before they head back up to Edmonton would really do this city something special. So I'll make sure I find you and say hello in the booth coming up here, buddy. Yeah, I take the job seriously. I hope I don't take myself seriously because, really, I am not a serious Well, you're a radio guy. You're a radio (laughs) guy, so you know the radio side of it. But, you know, the TV stuff hasn't blown your head up. You didn't go to TV and say, you know, I'm I'm this big TV guy now. It's not because I'm a radio guy. It's because I'm a writer. It's because I started as a sports writer with newspapers. And the fact that someone is willing to put this face on television, like, seriously, Get, let, let, I, I get reminded all the time, every time I look in the mirror, that there's no reason to be getting. I'm no Sam Malone. Let's put it that this way. My hair, Sam Malone, his best line ever was, good hair opens doors, great hair blows the doors off the hinge. I am not Sam Malone. Great talent is Gary Lawless. See you tomorrow night. Thanks for doing this on Cinco de Mayo. Have a few. All right, JT. Take care. Take care. You, you don't know how good that interview is. Gary Lawless is fantastic. I mean, he is bleeping fantastic when he comes on to talk to Golden Knights as we are here. I am thrilled to be with Remy Quantro as we are live from the Palms Resort. We're in the William Hill Sportsbook. We'll have their head of marketing coming up here in a little bit. A good friend of mine who's with Remy now and brought us out here will join us next when we come back on the other side. We'll tell you about the cocktails we have here, the partnership we have with them, and everything we have going on in the biggest year in all of sports with F1 and the Super Bowl and our proud partnership, and the 75th anniversary of the original margarita. 
Are you kidding me? Quantro, brought to you by Remy Martin, Team Up for Excellence. We'll be back to talk about Remy coming up and the Raiders draft as we continue live from the Palms. He proved it with St. Louis. I know he's going to chip in. Um, he's got three goals now for us. Uh, all same spot, two tips, and uh, crawling on loose puck. He's going to go there. He'll get to the dirty areas. Uh, it was a really good deal, I thought, by Krim at the deadline to add that element when we um, weren't sure on Mark Stone to, to get some inside presence. Then Will goes down right after that. Another guy will get there. So you need those guys in the playoffs. So um, it's been a good player for us. And a little bit of a guy that's not going to get a lot of attention. He's not flashy, but those were big goals for us. And we, we talk about why we're good five on five. It's players like Ivan that chip in. Mike Amadio gets a big goal for us. Howie the previous series. So, um, you know, we need that. That's Bruce Cassidy on Barbashev and the big goal. JT back at the Palms Sportsbook, William Hill Sportsbook. My friend Stephen Brody joining us, senior market manager for the state of Nevada for Remy Martin. And, Steve, great to see you all decked out with Remy Martin. How are you, my friend? I'm great, JT. Thanks for having me on. Thanks Th as Thanks always. for the partnership, man. It means a lot. Yeah, likewise, sir. A uh, couple of quick things. you got activations all over. We're going to concentrate on the Palms today in this sportsbook. I love what they've done here. You know, I grew up at the Palms when they opened it initially. Now it's owned by new ownership and been rebranded. Tell us about the partnership you have with this property. We got a great partnership here with the Palms, uh, especially with Cointreau for Cinco de Mayo, you know, focusing on some margarita specials. You can come on down here to uh, the Sportsbook or the Unknown Bar, the Lobby Bar. All day long, we're going to be running a Cointreau margarita special, so come on by. Tell us about the history of Cointreau and how it fits under this umbrella of all the great products you have and teaming up for excellence. Yeah, so we are a luxury portfolio, and Cointreau definitely fits the bill for that. You know, it's the original triple sec, so it's a main ingredient in the margarita. We say it's really not a margarita unless you got Cointreau in it. It's skinny margarita without Cointreau. Mm -hmm. So uh, it's a main ingredient, and, uh, you know, you should be really including it in all your margaritas. really gives it that nice, bitter, zesty taste that everybody loves. So. And the 75th anniversary of the margarita have, having to be going coincide with F1 and the Super Bowl coming up as we cross over the new year. Talk about what you're doing in town. This is a big brand, Remy Martin, and there's a lot of big sporting events coming to Vegas. Yeah, we are so excited. I mean, we have partnerships all over with the full portfolio, not just Quantro. As you know, we, we have the Botanist, Remy Martin Gin, or the Botanist Gin, Remy Martin Cognac. So we're going to be doing activations over at Resorts World, Wynn, all over town. Even today, uh, every single PT's in the Valley is going to be featuring Quantro and their margarita. Which is great for us because PT's fuels our monologue, my longest partner on this show, and the, to have that working with you is going to be great. You know, the botanist gin. So Tori gave me a couple of bottles initially, and I had them at home and I had friends over in the summer, last summer, and my wife was pouring some of the botanist gin with lemon straight up, mixing it, and people were like, what is this? One of the best brands that you have here. The growth of the Botanist Gin is incredible. Absolutely. We are actually the fastest growing gin brand in the entire country. In a category that, quite frankly, is declining, we're growing double digits. And it is so mixable, so crushable. All you need to do is put some lemonade in that, maybe top it off with some soda water, and that's your drink for the whole summer right there. All right. I'm going to lay off the Bruins, rightfully oh. so, and I'm going to get to the Celtics. I'm going to get to the Celtics. Now, I'm a big NBA guy. My Knicks are alive. My Knicks are never alive this deep and this Miami series is big you get a break with Embiid getting hurt but now they put him in 
lightly. He doesn't look to be anywhere near 100%. I think you have the advantage now. Milwaukee's done. They fired their head coach. You got Philadelphia with the MVP and Embiid, but he's not at 100%. Yeah, you know, it's really interesting. It's almost like, do you want to put Embiid out there at 80%, 75%, or do you want to just bench him and let James Harden do what he did game one? It's going to be really interesting to see what Doc Rivers does, who was my my championship yeah, coach back in 08. So we'll, we'll see what happens. I think that at the end of the day, you know, JT really hasn't gotten it off the ground so far this series. I think he had seven points in 19 minutes. They didn't really need his services last game. So I'd love to see him kind of step up, get ready for this big finals run push. And who knows, maybe we get a Nick Celtics Eastern Conference. Maybe, I would love it. Maybe oh, Lakers Celtics in the finals. Have How about a lot, that? We'll have a lot of Quantro mixed in with some botanists. <laughs> Stephen Brody joins us, our partner here for Remy Martin. Uh, I talked to your dad, and your dad was it was in radio for oh, yeah. most of his life. I was on the flagship station in Boston. Very surreal now getting to know him and knowing your relationship and how important your dad is. What brought you out to this side of the country being a Boston guy, especially in this position? Well, when I was studying at BU my senior year, um, I got an internship opportunity at the Venetian Palazzo, and they liked me, and they said, hey, kid, you, wanna, you want a job out here? And I was 21 years old, and I said to my dad, I'm moving to Vegas. Um, and then everything's kind of history from there. But yeah, he, he speaks very highly of his time at WEEI with you. It's amazing. Those late nights. And it's so funny that all these years later, you and I get a partner. Which I love that. And, you know, it's interesting because today's an interesting day for me. And I think about when you're 21, you had the opportunity and you took it. I always try to say that to young people who are listening, our younger audience. When you do get an opportunity in life, if you don't take it, None of this opens up for you, this unbelievable job you have in Remy Martin as a leader of this company here, and you decided to take that chance and look at you now. You could have stayed back in Beantown and did well too, but yeah. you love the weather, the lifestyle, everything fits you well. Yeah, I could have stayed home and done radio and maybe be the JT, the you brick could. of Boston. <laughs> Hopefully not as late at night. So you feel like you got the Celtics going there, and we were joking. My, I don't think my Yankees have been this bad in April and May with Judge. Haven't been with Judge, and... The Red Sox are kind of hanging in there, too, with the opportunity with, you look at the teams in front like the Orioles. I don't know if Tampa Bay is going to fade, though. Yeah, no. I think everybody else will come back to the pack for us, but not Tampa Bay. You know, we'll see. I've been so caught up with the Celtics and, dare I mention, the Bruins the past month that, you know, the Red Sox have kind of slid, yeah. slid under the radar with a, a nice little nice little run. I think we're 19-4. and four. It's very interesting to see us above the Yankees, and I was joking with you. I, can't, I had no idea the Orioles were in second place right now. Yeah, you don't pay attention to the Orioles much in April and May <laughs> until now. As we wrap this up, tell us about the whole portfolio. We're here. We're happy to represent Quantro on Cinco de Mayo. But for our listeners who haven't been involved with Remy Martin, don't understand what you do in the community, what you do outside, everything that you do in this town and your portfolio, give us what this product is all about. Well, you know, we're very active in the community. Our, our partners, Southern Glazers Wine and Spirits, our distributor partner, you know, very big in Keep Memory Alive Foundation for Alzheimer's. So we're one of the big, big uh, donators and sponsors of uh, Mr. Larry Ruvo, the owner's uh, charity foundation. So uh, all about giving back to the community, activating around the community, like here in the Williams Hill Sportsbook at the Palms, and hope to see uh, a few lucky fans, a few fans come yeah, down here absolutely. and pick up some margaritas. Take advantage of these margaritas. Thanks again for the partnership, whatever we can do, and you activate us around town and we'll be there for awesome. you. Awesome. Thank you so much, Thanks, Take care. Appreciate Stephen joining us here. Remy Martin, our proud partner here. Come on down. We're here for another hour. Heading into the weekend, there are margaritas being poured with Cointreau and there's a lot of them. So I would race down here and get here. Come down for one if you're out there during lunch and uh, we'll have a nice opportunity to say hello 
We'll wrap up next hour. We'll preview Golden Knights game two and more on the Raiders' season total of seven and a half.